guys so let's get back to talking about genesis because that's the best book in my opinion to try and unpack for like just for fun um so at the end of chapter three in genesis so this is after everything's been created after um adam and eve were in the garden after they you know ate the tree and so now God starts kind of dishing out curses. So at the end of chapter 3, starting in, um, like, near verse 12, let's say, um, let's say verse 8 instead. So Genesis 3, 8, and then the beginning of Genesis 4, um... So after they had eaten this fruit, um, it says that they saw, sorry, they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So it must have been earlier in the day. And it says the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord um, among the trees in that in that garden. It says, but the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? Um and Adam says that he heard God walking in the garden and was afraid because he was naked. So he hid. And then God asked him, who told you that you were naked? Have, have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And then it says the man said, like Adam said basically to God the woman whom you gave me um she gave me the fruit and then he said he ate it and then it says that God said to the woman what is it that you have done and the woman said the serpent so this is Eve saying the serpent deceived me and I ate and from that point he gives curses to the serpent curses to the woman curses to the man it doesn't really say that he's like saying that this is well let me see so yeah it does say that god is the one dishing it out it doesn't say that it's because It does, I don't know how to word it. So it's like, it's not saying that this is just a natural consequence. It's kind of implying or saying here that God is the one who put the curses. Um, so it says in 14, um, the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed you are above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat. All the days of your life, I will put uh, enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Um, and he, sorry, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Um, and then it says to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing, in pain, 
you shall bring forth children. Your desires shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he says, um, it's interesting. He doesn't, he doesn't really address e the woman as Eve. Usually is just, Eve is always kind of addressed as the woman, but not necessarily by her name. Um, so it says, um, in 17 and in, to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you and pain. You shall eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles. It shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face or some versions say by the sweat of your brow um you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return so <clears throat> um so these three things are interesting so there's the one with the serpent the part that seems pretty interesting about that is that it talks about um you know how you know like the the bruise of the heel the bruise of the head and the bruise of the heel um a lot of people say this uh, this implies you know um killing of animals so like that kind of like um um kind of like hierarchy in nature how it's like one animal is above the others like so earlier when god was creating adam it does talk about how he said adam is ahead of the of the animals like you're in charge of all the animals um he was kind of like giving them instructions like saying like here here you're in charge of all the animals um but you know and then explaining like later on in the, with the tree it's like you can eat of every tree but that one in the middle of the garden don't eat of it um and so by this point they've already eaten that fruit that the certain the serpent remember the serpent was lying um before the middle of verse three so the serpent when eve had initially approached the serpent said a couple things just paraphrasing saying um um you know eve is saying she kind of had a different explanation because God said you shouldn't eat of the tree. And then Eve said, you know, that we shouldn't go near the tree. Um, and then the serpent kind of caught her saying, like, did God really say that, you know? And then he kind of said also, like, he knows that if you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll become like him. Um, so Eve was tempted to eat the fruit because of wanting it seems like wanting to become like God. Um, and you kind of notice that like, it's kind of a tricky situation because she gets, um, she kind of has her own, um, expanded barrier outside of the command that God gave. Don't eat from this. And she kind of expanded it out to don't go near it. Cause if you're not near it, you're not going to eat it. Right. If you don't even go within a certain radius, I mean, you're not even going to get to the fruit that's on the tree. And so, but it's also tempting because it's right in the middle of the garden. It's not like it's hidden someplace else. Um, and then, um, 
it also mentioned that the cra- the serpent was craftier than all the other creatures. So it's kind of interesting that that serpent was near that tree of knowledge of good and evil and Eve maybe had like a um like a desire to be like God or she wanted knowledge of good and evil maybe maybe she wanted her eyes opened who knows why she ate of it but um also she had roamed far from adam so she was off on her own and then got all confused by the serpent and then she tricked her husband adam into eating it um and so then they both you know they both start um, noticing that they're naked and becoming afraid and noticing things that it sounds like before God God knew that okay like if they weren't eating from this tree then they shouldn't have this idea so it kind of assumes that like because they ate from that tree now they were hiding and afraid of God Um, you see God asking like where are you you know it's like they heard God and then they were afraid and then they hid. So all these things are kind of like, you know, why was she afraid? Why did she hide? Why did, why were they all hiding? Um, Adam said he hid because he was naked and then he starts blaming Eve and then Eve blames the serpent. And so they all kind of get cursed from all this. And, um, so, um, it sounds like the serpent had some other role. It wasn't a normal kind of livestock a normal kind of beast or animal um so when god's talking about this serpent which is so interesting it sounds like that serpent had a different type of quality it wasn't like a human it wasn't like god and it wasn't like the other animals um but god says that it's going to be more cursed than all the other animals um and it says that you'll that it from that point you know it was going to be like you know how snakes don't have legs um some people say that like the serpent before this situation had occurred they say that the serpent had legs i i don't really know um and it mentions like what it's going to eat so it mentions the the movements changing it mentions the 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 eat eating and the lifestyle kind of changing um so uh, it's saying like I don't know what the serpent used to eat beforehand. And then um, it says like between the woman and her offspring and the offspring of the serpent, um, there's going to be kind of like they're not really going to get along. And um, so it's kind of interesting because it mentions the woman and then it says he, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So it's kind of interesting. It talks about her offspring and then her offspring being male. Um, I don't know if there's any significance to that, but it's kind of interesting because it says like it's going to put en- enmity between you and the woman and with the offspring, there's going to be some kind of... um you know, aggression, physical aggression, it, it, it kind of implies that. Um, so then talking about the woman, um, it says, um, there's going to be, uh, it's going to molt, like the situation that they got themselves into is kind of, I'm going to lead to, you know, um, 
multiply your pain in childbearing it says i will surely so it's kind of assuming that god's gonna make it so that the woman's gonna have increased pain um and saying multiply is like i don't i don't i don't know um i don't know if there was pain before this point i don't really know how that works um um and then the situation with marriage if there's like a, a husband and a wife and um man you know um like kind of like a like social disagreements and kind of like power dynamics kind of issues and things like that so um that also came out of this and then with adam um because he listened to his wife it says that um Um, it says in pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life regarding the ground. So it's kind of assuming that, okay, you're going to have to like do a lot of physical. This is what people teach is that you're going to have to do a lot of physical labor to be able to, you know, survive. Um, and you know, cause you're going to have to be sorting out, you know, like farming and, you know, thorns and thistles. And it sounds like those types of things like weeds and thorns and things that choke out other plants, the, the living plants, um, those, uh, healthier plants. Um, there's going to be some like aggression between like, even in nature where it's like, now there's going to be stuff that's like trying to suck the life out of some other life form. Um, Cause that's what they do. I mean, they basically, a lot of weeds and things like they, they mimic other plants sometimes. Like there's a story about, um, in, in, uh, when Jesus is talking, like in the gospels about like the Darnells, like there's some kind of a plant that's like Darnells and then another type of plant where he mentions those and the significance of those, which was so interesting is that, um, there are two plants that looked alike. So there were the weeds that would, you know, go through the garden, go through someone's farming, go through all the, you know, vegetables and stuff that they were growing, and it would go through and choke out the other plants. But it kind of mimicked and looked like the other plants too. So it's like, you didn't really know which ones to pull out. It's like, do you pull out this one? Or do you pull out the real plant? Like, so they looked so similar, that it, it would be hard for people to kind of tell the difference. Um, and things like that. So it's like it's going to impact your livelihood if you're going to be forced to now eat um, the plants of the field. It says eat the plants of the field. So it's kind of interesting that before this, it mentions trees in the garden and people eating from the trees. And then it mentions afterwards, you know, like here in three verse 18, you shall eat the plants of the field, which is also kind of a different thing kind of like assuming like you know they weren't like that's going to be more of a challenging experience to eat you know to have to grow you know your own food versus a tree you know trees are different because they kind of just grow the food for you and so long as the tree is healthy and you know if you know like the times of year when things are blooming and you know you know bearing fruit and everything if you have a bunch of trees you can technically eat off of the trees um as long as the tree is growing and bearing fruit that's like you know able to be eaten you're basically set like you don't really have to do too much um unless the tree rots out and dies or unless um 
you know, but usually trees are a lot stronger than, than plants that are like on the ground. Um, they kind of just, when they're ready, then they, you know, they start bearing fruit and a lot of it, you don't really do much, but pick it and eat it. Right. So can you imagine the difference between, you know, picking and eating fruit and it's all just there and that's what you have at your disposal versus now I have to like till the soil and make sure the soil's right and like learn about the earth and, you know, learn about all this kind of stuff. And when you think about nature too, because I mean, I live in a city, but there is nature here. But when you think about nature, um, places that have a lot more nature, like when I go to Missouri, for example, you do see a lot more snakes. You do see a lot more um, ground kind of animals like frogs, whatever. They're all over the place there. And, you know, it's just like more part of I don't think I've ever been to Missouri where I didn't really see snakes around. Um, you know, we'd be playing in people's yards and then in the grass and stuff. And like, yeah, we'd always like run across snakes. And like, I don't really know the different types, but some of them, they weren't really dangerous. But we'd always go like tell an adult, you know, who would know like, OK, this one's OK. This one's not OK. <laughs> um, but we kind of um, kind of learned about it that way you know but in the city you don't have that too much unless you're like hiking or something sometimes when you're gardening you might come across a snake but overall it's not like way common at least not where I live so that's another big difference if like just I'm just looking at kind of what's kind of assumed with a lot of this um conversation here um because it, it's kind of showing like there was a difference before they ate this fruit and kind of when I'm kind of like trying to look at, you know, what Satan said, like your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. So, you know, knowing good and evil. And so it also assumes they didn't know the difference between good and evil. They didn't maybe know the evil part. Um, they didn't know what that looked like. And it's it seems like God kind of already knew like things like, oh, if you notice that you're naked or if you start to become afraid and you're like hiding and stuff like that. Um from anything, you know, um, it's kind of different to think, okay, what if life wasn't like that? Like, what if there was like, okay, you're not like fearful of people or certain situations, um, or, you know, you didn't have to have this battle between like how to like survive, um, or how to like make your own living or, you know, survive and make a living, you know, those are like, you know, um, like a comfortable living versus like the earth just like providing plenty of everything you need and you're just able to just kind of roam the earth and just eat fruits off of trees and like you know you're not worried about any kind of natural you know thing coming at you like a snake or whatever like it sounds like there weren't really any worries or concerns there was no aggression in nature there was no like negativity um before all this so um yeah, I find that very interesting. Um, and another thing, dude, these kind of like souped up little cars just drove on by. Um, another thing would be, oh, they're parking. They're not driving by. Um, another thing would be, um, let me see, I'm kind of losing my place here. So we're talking about the thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. Um, you shall eat the plants of the field. 
It says, by the sweat of your face or the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread um, till you return to the ground. So it's kind of saying, like, you're going to be having to make your food. You're going to be having to, you know, because bread is something that you, you know, it doesn't, like, grow on the earth, obviously. You have to, like, get ingredients and make it. Um, so it's kind of implying, okay, you're going to have to um, put some effort into your, like, the basic, the basics of living is, like, even if you look at, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs or whatever the heck, but, like, um, the basics, you know, you have to be able to eat and drink and live, like, out of the elements enough so that you're not, like, being, um, too exposed to too much extreme weather, so you have to have, like, decent, comfortable shelter and, like, a restful lifestyle. It's, like, you're feeling emotionally safe and you also have to have like proper food for nutrition and proper like you know hydration hydrating you know beverages like water especially like water is like a basic one but um imagine if you just lived off of you know fruit trees in a garden and I don't know what else I mean like you could eat like if there were animals that laid eggs and stuff you could basically eat eggs boil eggs you know um I'm even assuming if you didn't even like necessarily kill animals or whatever I don't know like because that's like a whole other dilemma that people have um with like the killing of animals and eating them like people kind of assume that people weren't eating meat like way before you know because it involves like killing something else um and so that's all interesting. That very beginning, well, the very end area of um, Genesis 3 is interesting. Um, so after all that happens and God talks about those three curses and is kind of like, okay, now this is life. Now this is the new life. And the previous life was just, you know, them roaming around the garden. I don't know what they did all day, but they were just roaming around with animals and things. Um with each other and eating and you know just chilling it sounds like um but then there was other stuff going on which is interesting because there was this serpent that was already there and there was this tree of knowledge of good and evil that was already there so there was already this other full-on like um like option or opportunity that's like outside of what they were naturally placed into like outside of the nature that they were placed into there was this other option that was like you can do this and keep doing the same thing or you know if you get curious there's this other thing over here if you kind of want to expand your mind somewhat <laughs> and um I just find that interesting because like I don't know, like, I'm really into different types of things that would be considered, like, I don't know if this is the right place to really be talking about this, but things that would be considered, like, plant medicines and things like that, and so, um, like, you can take things, like, different, in all honesty, I, I would, I would say that there are different things that you can eat, that if you consume them, your eyes are open and you know something different or you learn something different than what you learned or what you naturally knew before that point because you're you know it affects your brain it affects your mind um in a certain way that it kind of like opens up these other like pathways to things that you don't really have access to like on a normal basis like your brain just like 
has all these the way I see it is like it's like a maze in your brain and then there's all these like gates and paths um that just are locked and then some things when you eat them they just unlock those doors and then you're like oh like this 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 path in this maze like is no longer locked I can just go straight through it and see what's on the other side versus when you haven't eaten that thing whatever it may be um you kind of never really get there um or you can get there through you can kind of get there through meditation but I mean like depending how busy your lifestyle is or how quickly you can kind of get into that meditative state um it's kind of harder to do but we'll maybe talk about that more at another time but there are a lot of things like that I'm not talking about just like psychedelics or like cannabis but like um even like um some kind of like like even like caffeinated types of you know like coffee beans stuff like that you know like you can get pretty hyper to a point where like say if your brain's more foggy or slow and then you eat like espresso beans or like some coffee beans or something and then you're all like alert you're able to think faster you're able to think quickly um you're kind of like quick on your toes kind of like you can you know like you know you're a little more quick to function and like your brain just like speeds up right so it's like it's kind of just an interesting to me that's all interesting how it's like you look at the life of how how it seems like things were before the serpent got involved and there you know the humans got tricked or kind of enticed I don't know what the proper term is to use but they got to a different level of thinking about the world and they came across something that they noticed that once they've gone through that experience from consuming this fruit now their life has changed right and it's kind of just something interesting that I find too like just in general in life like as like generation of humans like you know just like the human species in like all together like if you think about okay there was a time where humans didn't even know the difference between like you know being naked or hiding because they're afraid like different things like that that wasn't a thing and just kind of like the different doors that humans get you know it's always like a curiosity right it starts with like a hmm, I, I, I thought this, or I learned this, or I was told this, and then I challenge it. And then, you know, depending how deep I dive into something, I find this other thing, right? Like, um, I, I would say like examples I've seen in my lifetime, um, definitely with like technology, um, definitely with meditation. Those are like two things I've noticed that are like major game changers, like, I was born in the 80s, and in the 80s, yeah, there were still people from, like, you know, the hippie movements around in the 60s and things like that, but if you think about life in the 50s, like, think about Leave it to Beaver, right? Like, it was a very still super segregated society, um, you know, jazz and, you know, just people, there was, like, that, you know nuclear is it called a nuclear family is it nuclear or nuclear nuclear family um you know the kids the wife and husband maybe a pet the white picket fence 
um you work in the guy works a nine to five and the wife is a, a homemaker and i mean i'm not knocking any of it but if you think about even in like western society and like that's the american society and how things looked in the 50s um versus like if you look at the 60s 70s 80s something happened where people's minds were getting more open you know you see people starting to come into like you know experimenting with lsd experimenting with like psychedelics things like that um there were things like when you even think about cannabis it wasn't even always illegal so um which is interesting you know it was used like you know people had it at like little drugstore pharmacy little places where people would get like medicine they would have it there like it was like a natural thing that you could grow or purchase and it wasn't like an issue right um I mean it's not an issue here now but I mean it's still a very taboo type of thing it's very kind of like people kind of aren't really mm, there's like a there's a lack of knowledge about it there's a lack of understanding and kind of like um, a lot of people just kind of don't seem interested in, you know, partaking. I'm not saying that they should, but it's like, if you think about something like alcohol, that's something that seems to do more damage to most people. The way I, the reason why I say that is like, most people's bodies tend to reject alcohol, alcohol, right? They tend to reject it. Um, that's why people get hangovers. That's why people have like liver damage. And like, you know, if you're drinking often all the time you are more likely to have more health issues um, because of it um with cannabis products I would say if you're using those products you get yes you can have negative impacts on your life I would say the negative impacts if they do affect you they're probably more if it's permanent it's probably more damaging than what would be with alcohol like but um not everybody develops psychosis and who knows i mean people get triggered to things i mean like caffeine can trigger manic episodes i mean like who knows you know um there's all kinds of stuff that triggers different things but you know there's always this idea that like cannabis is one of the worst but I still don't see it, guys. I still don't see it. Um, I mean, I see what people are saying. Yes, there isn't, like, no risk. But I don't even see it to be worse than, like, caffe- like the impacts of caffeine or alcohol. From what I've seen, it doesn't seem like the impacts are more negative. It seems like, especially the more natural you go with things, CBD especially, just extracting from, like, natural, naturally from, like, um, cannabis plants um if you do like a pure extraction process from something that was organically grown it's usually not going to have that much negative impact on a person most people the majority of people report um positive impacts right so um yeah like so if you think about just humans in general like how we've gone from you know what we were like before the the tree of knowledge of good and evil how early life was 
before, you know, if you think about even Bible times, reading some of this stuff where it's like there were these kings and these rulers and they just like behead people and throw people in the lion's dens and like all this kind of barbaric, you know, crucifixions and stuff where you're just like, wow, really? I mean, there's still stuff that we see a lot. We still see wars. We still see like dominant um groups and societies and then definitely people like trying to say like these people should have more than these other people who shouldn't have as much as as you know for whatever reasons were like made up by society and there tends to be a lot of overlap and over in different cultures like there tends to be a lot of overlap surrounding that um but i would say it's not necessarily um humans are going towards they're going towards a direction of always kind of knowing more um so if you start with thinking about the tree of knowledge of good and evil then you start thinking about after thinking about the tree thinking about you know all the stories through the bible and now we're like over 2000 years after after biblical stuff was like written or near 2000 years from that point our lives look very different and not every culture is kind of going through the process at the same rate i'm not necessarily saying that like western culture is like better or like more advanced or anything cuz there are definitely a lot of indigenous cultures that are very advanced with the knowledge that they have about like the earth or about like nature that we as people stuck in the cities with like all of our internets and things that we kind of don't really know so it's like who's to say what kind of knowledge is better or more important um but you know western culture is kind of almost unfortunately kind of taking over um most different types of societies or most different types of um ways of living life um i don't think it's just my own opinion i don't value everything in western culture more than what i see in other cultures i don't value it more i just i'm absorbed by it more because i live in it but um so yeah so if you see all of kind of like how how the humans have kind of changed and if I'm looking at my own lifetime how I see how um like I mentioned like technology has changed definitely and things like meditation have changed like a lot for a lot of people and health um so things that I I've noticed more in my own lifetime like I'd say um, people are quite health conscious. Um, you see more health related foods. People are kind of more connected with like, okay, I need to actually eat well and exercise well, um, versus the American, the typical American diet. Something that I like this kind of fun to see is on YouTube when they have these videos of, um, people eating different foods from different times so they'll be like oh like in the 40s this is what you might have had for lunch or and it's like kids eating these different foods but it's, it's kind of cute but it's it's kind of fun to watch it's like oh wow I can't imagine like 
I would be eating, like, for lunch, like, a tomato and, like, a sliced piece of ham with, like, some homemade bread, you know, and that would be, like, my lunch, like, take that lunch to school versus now if you took that to school, that would be kind of a weird lunch, you know? I mean, it would be normal and good, but, I mean, it's kind of, like, weird to have, like, whole pieces of, like, fruits and vegetables and, like, just whole, whole, like, stuff like that. Like, it's kind of, like, odd. Um, cause like likely people would have had these plants and they would have been taking the food from their house and maybe they purchased a little bit of meat from like a local little market versus now everything's like, you know, you're going to get like bread that was already made and you're going to get lunch meat that was already made, you know, it's like everything's already prepared, um, unless you really want to go prepare it yourself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just so interesting. Um, so I'm not saying it's like better, it's just changed quickly. Um I remember before, I mean, I was born when the internet it did exist, but I remember before people even had like computers in their houses. Um I remember like going to like local libraries and like typing out papers and like or a time when like you had to like ask like how to use the printer or how to get a Xerox copy or something like you would go to like a library or Kinko like I don't even know if Kinko's and stuff existed I don't remember but I mean say a place like Kinko's like you would need help you know versus now it's like you just go onto the computer and it's so like standard now too it's not like they have like so many different types of computers and like things that you're trying to like use like there there are a lot of different types but for the most part you have like what was, you know, anything that came out of Apple, and then you have what came out of Microsoft, pretty much. You don't really have too much variation from that, and it is pretty standard across both types of platforms, so that's kind of interesting, too, because I remember, I don't know what kind of computer we used to have, but it was like a black, it was a black screen, or like a, an orangish-yellow screen with like black words, um, no, it was, it was black background, and then, like, when you would type, it would be, like, like, orange, or yellowish, orange, um, and it was just so funny, because you had to, um, you had to put in a floppy disk, like, the big ones, not, like, the three and a half, whatever ones, you, you'd have to put in a whole floppy disk, like, the big ones, not the huge, it was maybe, like, a six inch, I don't know how big it was, it was, it was, about the size of, like, a CD case, (laughs) um, and you stick that in there, and, like, I think you'd have to have one for the operating system, and then one for, like, whatever program you were running, so if you wanted to, like, play a game, you'd have to put in a different disc, if you wanted to put in, you know, if you wanted to write something on, like, a, like, word processing, you'd have to put in a different disc, and so you'd put it in, and then you'd have to put in a couple lines of, like, you know, command codes, almost like your command prompt, you know, and you'd have to be like, okay, this will turn the thing on, and this will open this operating system, and this will do this, and this will do that, and then it would finally open, and you could type, and then the process to print, I don't even remember what it was, but the printer was connected, and you'd have to do something to make that work, and it was like this whole thing, where it was just like, oh my gosh, but I remember when, like, we had a computer, because, you know, my dad was always pretty advanced with, like, you know, at least having, like, updated stuff in the house, like, he was pretty decent with that, when I think about that computer, I'm like, man, like, that wasn't that long ago, like, I was a kid, but, like, we didn't have internet, um, we didn't have cell phones, I got a cell phone pretty early before most of my friends, so it was kind of like, 
I had maybe like two friends with cell phones when I was in by like my senior year of high school. That was in 2002 when I graduated. Um, it was either my junior or senior year. I had maybe two friends with cell phones and maybe like by my first year of college, I think I had a friend that had his dad's old cell phone. It was like a big brick one. And I think I had like an Ericsson, like the small little blue Ericsson with the little flip uh, talking piece. Um, you could play Tetris on it, I think, if you turned it sideways. Um, you could text on there, but I think text costs a fortune. Um, and talking on the phone would cost a fortune. Um, yeah, things like that. When I think about it, it's like, dang, man, like, <laughs> who would have thought? Um, and now it's like, you wouldn't even want one of those, even if somebody gave it to you for free. It's like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's so interesting. And then I would say meditation, mindful, you know, it, it kind of goes with like the healthy living, healthy lifestyle balance um, that people have come back into. I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. So you see with the technological advances, um, especially with communication and different types of oh, a lot of different types of stuff, like with the stock market and like, you know, stocks and all, you know, apps and different kind of stuff like that. Everything's in the palm of your hand. You've got phones and things that pick up where you're at. They pick up where you are. They, they, I mean, the mic and the camera is almost always activated, even if you, unless you purposely deactivate it. But those are things that are like, okay, we're constantly monitored now um, with these devices in our pockets that know where we're at at all times. And they know what we search and everything versus before it was like, Oh, if I'm going to meet my friends for bowling, you know, we have to call each other on the phones at our house in the landline and say if we're going to meet at 1 p.m. If somebody doesn't show up, it's like there's no communication there. It's like ah, they're just not coming because they're not on time. There wasn't like, oh, I'll text you that I'm running late. It's like, no, like <laughs> you're late. Right. Um, and those are just things I've seen in my time. But when you think about it, I'm noticing it's like with every group, with every kind of bump up in um or bump forward and kind of like thinking there's always these like innovative types of things that come out of like questioning kind of what we have already going on and kind of um what we would kind of prefer to have going on I guess or something along those lines so there's always like questioning um so that's interesting it's all just so interesting you guys and um I just find it really, really just kind of amazing that, you know, that humans do have this process that they kind of want to know more. And it's not maybe always a good thing because there is this kind of like I, I've I've started listening to a lot of Dolores Cannon and um, it's kind of just interesting that it's like, yeah, humans always want to know more, but there's always this side of us that's like. I want to know more, I want to learn more, and then, like, I could do evil with this once I learn it, you know, like, how can I manipulate this to kind of, like, get mine, you know, so it's kind of, like, interesting how that is a, um, topic that comes up, because, you know, with, you know, you see, you see this with things like Tesla, um, a lot of different, you know, you see it in politics all the time, and just, like, any kind of, um, controlling, you know, whether it's, like, politics or, like, big, 
um, like, you know, pharma, like, big brands of different, you know, um, areas in our lives that are, like, predicting to us what we should or shouldn't do or can or can't do, um, it's always just interesting, because it's, like, it's someone else's agenda, and then they're kind of pushing it, and they're always, like, this is what's best, this is what we're gonna do, and so it just becomes the norm, and then that always gets challenged eventually, to a point where it just kind of shifts things for everybody, um, so I just find that all super interesting, um, and I think, um, I don't know, I mean, it does, all the stuff I said at the end has, like, nothing really to do with the Bible, but it's just interesting to just think about, you know, if, if, you know, we came from a place where, you know, God was creating all this stuff, and then decided, well, you know, let us make, man in our own image which is also that's like one of the most interesting sentences in the whole bible it's like just all of a sudden it's like i had this idea like let me just create humans and they're gonna be like me um but according to the serpent it was like they weren't quite like god um because they didn't have their eyes opened and they didn't know good from evil and so I just wonder kind of like how those two things really link, how it's kind of like what that looked like before, before they ate the fruit. And, you know, does it mean, I mean, yeah, it sounds like curses come from it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of negative um, aspects to knowing both good and evil and to being in a world where that is kind of like, you know, there is stuff that's going to be fear provoking and different things that happen that are going to make it so that people have to struggle in life. Unfortunately, it, you know, it's not going to be just smooth sailing because like nature works against us, like psycho psychological things work against us. You know, there's if you think of all the different things that create like a negative um, environment for a person, whether that's like, you know, being raised in a certain environment that like has even if it's not major traumas, but like ne small, even small negative experience that kind of shape who a person becomes. And it kind of always creates this kind of limitation for people I've noticed of like, okay, like when negative things happen, for some reason, the brain, the human brain kind of holds onto that. And Ben Ralston talks about this a lot about like, um, even like generational trauma, but about um, how, how, you know, humans kind of hold on to stuff. Um, and partially it's helpful because it, you know, it's part of a learning process, but then depending on how that gets kind of processed mentally and emotionally, like a person can hold on to it and it can help them to kind of actually be like, it can benefit them to kind of not, um, do those things or get in those places again especially if it was something that was within their own power. But then, you know, I'm not like sitting here like blaming people for all the crap that they have to deal with. Like a lot of times it, it's somebody else's fault. Um, and so that kind of thing is kind of just interesting how all of that's impacting. Um, a lot of times it has a negative impact, but a lot of times people don't really look at like how those things. Um, I mean, I'm not saying like if somebody got raped, there's like a positive aspect to it, but it's like, there there are aspects to that that aren't necessarily fully um based on like a traumatic experience like for example like people learn how to how to you know 
navigate certain systems because they have to like now like call lawyers or do like different stuff and I'm not saying it's like positive but it's like there is a learning process to things there is like strength building when those types of um things happen you know people kind of develop like a method of surviving things that they would not have otherwise developed so even if it's in like a traumatic situation um like I'm not saying like I wish those on anybody but I'm just trying to say like there's there's there are different layers to it and I think usually naturally the human brain gets caught in this is all negative there's nothing I can learn from this like not like in a blaming way like but there's nothing there's nothing from this experience that I I could or should take that's that's you know empowering me versus you know, I, I'm I if I look back at probably almost every negative experience that I've had and I think about, OK, like I got through that somehow. I mean, even thinking about it just in theory, a lot of times it's like I don't think that it would make sense to either want that to happen or to think that I should have any kind of thing that I learned from it or that I developed from it or that I was able to expand from, um, because of that. Right. Um, so that I think is kind of like a negative aspect of the human brain. It's cause it's hard to kind of naturally think about. And, and even when I'm saying this, I know if people are listening, you're, you're thinking like, Oh, like that's, that just sounds like BS <laughs> cause it does. But I mean, like, not everything is is black and white or cut and dry and i really do think that the human mind does have a lot more power to it than we give it credit for and it's just so naturally entrenched in like the negative aspects of things when there is another side that you know if you're able to think about the other stuff that's actually you know that you're that you're getting stronger from it's almost like like when you're like in the gym and you're kind of like working out so you can like reach a goal like say if it's like I want to run up this hill that's like near my house and then I'm like okay like I need to like condition myself to get to a point where I can do that because like maybe it's a two mile hill and I can't run up it yet you're gonna go to the gym and do work and you know get stronger in certain ways so that you can actually develop from whatever is a weakened thing like your legs or your lungs or your heart or whatever it is and you can develop all of those to a place where you can actually do what you couldn't do before and so yeah there's a pain process involved and yeah like it's not pleasant but there is there is all always a way that people can put in the work that can help them to develop methods of strength strengthening kind of the things that are kind of getting in the way of you being able to do what you want to do and a lot of that is kind of just like the brain will naturally just tell you that you can't do it that okay this is painful this this happened and it was terrible and I can't move past from this but you know it's hard to get your system to kind of override to the point where it's like you're able to kind of actually do it so um that is just that's my take on it is just you know it's hard to kind of always try to remember what where was my mindset when I when I wasn't able to see 
any methods that I could try to implement to kind of strengthen myself about the negative thought process about past negative things. Um, like it, it just doesn't come naturally. So if you can make it so that it comes naturally or that you're able to kind of snap into it, then it's a lot more beneficial. And then you start seeing a lot of different strengths developing from that. And then that's how, you know, a person just kind of like creates this kind of new way that they can kind of like live with what they're dealing with as well as, you know, be stronger than even like a lot of other people in those areas because they've developed methods to actually deal with it. Um, so that's, that's something that I would say is very beneficial for people to try and kind of like look at is kind of just how the brain just really works with stuff. And, um, I really like this part in Genesis cause it talks about kind of like how, how, you know, things were going good and then a situation happens and then it creates all these other negative, um, situations around and then how humans have learned to kind of just live with the fact that we have struggles and you know that's just how life is we have struggles and then we can also problem solve through those struggles because it's not that we only know you know the good and the evil it's not like we only have like that fear process or we only have that process of like oh I need to be afraid or hide or like escape this thing or whatever it's like we also have this other part that was made in an image of God and then the part of us that kind of gets a little curious to see what happens if I try this other thing um and if it opens my eyes more um I mean I'm not talking about like using any specific thing nothing like that but I'm just saying like um it can be anything from like meditation or something like trying like something different that you notice has a benefit and then your eyes are definitely open and then you do know the difference between how it felt before you knew how to do that versus how it felt after the fact um once you learn how to develop a, a method like a skill where you could actually like use it um and the brain is great like that it's so powerful because it can basically expand on itself and create experiences where it's always developing and learning and you know um changing not always for the bad though and that's something I would encourage people to do is kind of like think about think about it more you know when negative things are coming up think about it a lot more because you know as the human condition is you know where it states you know like we are basically in a situation where we are in a battle between you know trying to survive through nature and trying to survive with all of the negative things that come up that are going to create like a level of fear and create a level of um kind of like things that aren't really to our human nature until we actually um in our human history actually did kind of branch out and listen to the serpent and started to uh dabble and then we dabbled to a point where you know it's it's just interesting because like it seems like humans really want knowledge um 
even if their life is good, they want to know what's over there. What what happens if I try this thing? Um, what does it do? And if your eyes are open and you do know more, sometimes you know more of like bad things. Sometimes you know more of good things. But whatever it is that you're learning more of, um, it just seems to be part of the human experience. Even back from like the Garden of Eden, where it's like, you know, even when we didn't really know what evil was you know, or how that impacted us, or how, you know, we have to struggle through life now, um, we still were curious, and so I think it's good when that curiosity just naturally stays, and we just keep using it to, like, challenge different things, um, and see where it goes, because it sounds like naturally that's what people want to do, and so I would just say, like, that's one way to get out of a negative kind of mindset, is really to kind of sit and kind of work on things in a way that helps your brain expand so that you can actually find methods to deal with it. It's a lot of problem solving, right? Um, Like I said, it's like life is almost like a maze with all these different paths. And sometimes you just run into a path that um, doesn't work. <laughs> and you have to turn around and go back and go down another route. And like, ah, that one doesn't work either. And then eventually you find a path that's like, oh, this one actually goes to this other area. And now I'm a little further forward than I was before. And so the more we can keep going forward like that, um, you know, I think, I think that's really helpful for people to do. And, um, yeah, even even Eve and Adam were kind of at it even earlier before um before even the modern age and Dolores Cannon talks a lot about um kind of like creation, like the creation of humans and that kind of thing. Um and one of the last talks I was listening to that she was speaking about um it was kind of there was a bit in there about like the creation process of like you know, humans, how we got onto Earth, and how it's like, we seem to be, according to her um, understanding, we seem to be, like, this experiment in the universe, different from any other type of species that exists in the universe, um, because of how Earth is, because of how we are, um, we definitely have a lot of free will. We definitely, um, advance. It seems like, according to what Dolores Cannon was saying is like, we seem to really advance fast and quickly, um, at a rate that a lot of other species maybe don't. Um, we're able to figure out things and figure out how to live on this earth. And we do a very good job at it. Um, it seems like our planet, our planet is like an experimental planet. Um, and they're fascinated with us. Like, they're just like, humans are just like amazing. You know, we're seen as like, according, I'm just saying, this is according to what Dolores Cannon was saying. Like, we're seen in the universe as like, these beings that are just like, like, they just have so, so much like, vast, um, ability but then we always eventually self-destruct. <laughs> so it's like we kind of, um, you know, get to a place where we just hold on to things too much um, just as the individual. And then as as the major societies, we kind of 
get into these like power dynamics that are just very just like harmful to the humankind it's like eventually people you know create these genocide experiences and they want to wipe out there's always some stupid leader that wants to like come and wipe out all this other type of person and it's like really again um and according to what she was saying there there have been multiple times where humans have done this before where we have almost destroyed the entire earth and according to what she talks about we can't really destroy it so anytime we kind of get to a point where we're gonna potentially destroy and self-destruct because we've developed all this knowledge and all these abilities and methods to cope with all the crap we have to deal with there's always some smart guy who is just like oh let me do this it'll destroy the earth it'll destroy you know and then that's when other you know beings have to start intervening on earth and they come and they're like look we need to kind of come here because you guys are getting out of hand and so you see that when you look in almost any history historical like ancient texts of like different cultures that there's always this creation process of like humans being created um by something coming here and creating us and then there's always this process where you know um because like we developed some kind of knowledge where we were like about to destroy ourselves so we always kind of do that we always get to a place where we develop knowledge and we don't always use it in a way that's like beneficial and it's like maybe one day humans will eventually learn and so they say like humans are kind of their own thing they they kind of are able to kind of like problem solve through life and just get through things and like advance societies really quickly um and then there's always just people who are like let's do this thing and then then it creates so much destruction um and so yeah that's very that's a very interesting way of looking at kind of how we deal with things um because I think it's pretty true (laughs) when you look at it it's pretty true it's like even if I think about in my lifetime it's like oh like there's always this cool stuff and, and advancements and here comes this other person trying to like destroy these other people out of it um so I don't know maybe it's human nature I don't like it but yeah but I'm gonna stop because somebody's working on their lawn and I'm gonna go eat breakfast so hopefully you guys like this hopefully it was somewhat thought-provoking all righty bye